0: Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're wrapping up our rankings episodes, of the early ranks. We'll get back to ranks later on right before the season, but we're ending it off with tight end ranks today. We're going to go through our list here, go through the first, I don't know, 15 to 20 players, something like that. See what we got here. See if there's any consensus between me and Jeff on how we ranked them. But before we do that, make sure you guys go check us out on Instagram at fantasy football profit or Twitter at the FF profit. The website's FantasyFootballProfit.com, where you can go click our rankings and see all of the ranks we have up there for quarterback, running back, receiver, all of that you can check them out there, and I think we'll just jump right into this thing here, Jeff. Because the beginning of this list isn't too crazy, I would say it's pretty. Um, I mean, Travis Kelsey number one, right? No real craziness there. We both put him number one, and we both put Kittle number two. So, I mean, I have seen some people put Kittle number one, but I'm, I mean, I guess I'm fine with that, it's whatever. But I think it's just it's Kelsey Kittle one, two. If you want to put Kittle, go for it. Most people put Kelsey there, but pretty easy number one and number two here. I don't see there's Really, I don't think any argument against it.
1: No, there shouldn't be. And uh, I don't mind the Kittle. I think that one is kind of the, uh, the light upset. If you want to be like, okay, Kittle, because Kelsey has been so dominant. I mean, the last four years, he's been number one, three of them, number two, once in 2017 before Mahomes really came on, you know, he's just that good and you know exactly what you're looking for uh what you expect when he's playing for the Chiefs and Kittle unbelievable talent he is really good very very good but I'm still waiting for that connection with Garoppolo um to help his you know touchdown ceiling kind of raise other than that I mean he's tremendous if he didn't miss two games last year he he probably would have been neck and neck with Kelsey as I believe they averaged the same amount of points per game technically, but because he missed a few more, that's the only thing that held him back. But we'll see. But yeah, Kelsey Kittle, I think that is a very very solid one 2 They're your difference makers, really.
0: Yep they they are, and yeah, it's pretty. I mean, that's really, I don't think we have to go into it too much. That's they're they're good, and I don't mind. Again, it depends on in a draft if I'm going to actually go for these guys. It all depends on what's available maybe late third round early fourth round i mean it's i say that that's where i'd like to get them. i, I know they go earlier not a lot of times but there are third round i would look at getting one of these guys if i don't love the rest of the players around or if there's a group of players i think are very similar so i mean i've been ta- i've been thinking about this strategy i've we'll both to do some mock drafts but i really don't know if I'm, i i wouldn't mind a Somehow pulling off getting, a, you know, Lamar Jackson, Travis Kelsey. Can you pull that off? I actually wouldn't mind that team. And then the rest of the get a running back with the first and get those two guys somewhere. And I know it's a little different than what we normally do, but I feel like there could be an advantage to having one of these tight ends.
1: Oh, oh without a doubt. I mean, obviously there is. They're that good. The question yep. will be how much better are they from here to you know say three four and then even even below that are there people that can jump up I'll tell you in years past there has been not you know not really I mean you could have you were trying to guess there were a few that kind of make the huge jump Mark Andrews did last year but can you bank on that do you know another guy that you can get that much lower I don't know I mean do you have anyone in mind that you think can kind of compete at their level
0: at these two not really I, I don't know. But I wouldn't have thought that from Mark Andrews last year either. You know, I mean, I, I actually liked Mark Andrews. I drafted him all over the place. I, I don't think we really talked about him in the preseason, though, or in the you know episodes leading up to the season. I guess there could be a guy here I, later on that you'd get that could be this level. But it's, I mean, yeah, it's it's not likely. Those two are just so far ahead of everybody. Yeah, And I'll say, oh, then we'll I'll just jump to our third and fourth, because these guys are the next, are, are the step below them. But it's a tie for us. We went Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz. I went went Ertz-Andrews. You went Andrews-Ertz. I think they're very interchangeable at this point. Ertz has kind of fallen out of that top. It was a top three before. Now it's really a top two. Ertz slightly fell off. And it's really because of Dallas Goddard, I would say, right? That's, I think, the main reason. Goddard does take away some from him.
1: Absolutely. And... Look, Ertz is getting a little bit older. He's still one of the best tight ends in the game. And my question will be, will Philly be able to get that passing game up to a level where, hey, you know, people can't just stare at Ertz the whole time and say, we're going to take him away because you have an aging, you know, Elshon Jeffrey, and you have, uh, you know, whoever may be on the other side. Can some of their young guys implement enough pressure, Miles Sanders, someone to help Zach Ertz out a little bit? And that's really what it comes down for me. And then Dallas Goddard is a big one. I, I do think that he will cut into uh, Ertz, but if they are if they're smart about it, uh, both of them will see plenty of targets. Which you know they did last year as well. I, I think Goddard will only get better. I think they will target him more, um, and maybe Ertz won't have this massive you know share of the the receiving yards like he has in the past. And that is kind of what made me a little bit more leery. And that's why I put Mark Andrews above him, even though I I do think that earth is better, but um, Hey, Andrews has more of a touchdown um, upside now. And he is clearly uh, showing himself to be probably the top target on that Baltimore team. Um, I say, I guess the only
0: worry I have is, was he too touchdown dependent? He had a lot less catches than Ertz, but I guess with this offense, you just hope good things happen again. But it, I always I, I get more worried where the where there's a guy who had really just had a big, you know, big touchdown number the year before. That until I see multiple seasons of it, it's hard to trust it. But I think he's that player. I think Lamar Jackson's that good. You can get they'll find him in the end zone. So I'm not that worried about it. But I guess that would be my only hesitation. Is Ertz is just been more consistent even in a down year Ertz still had 80 some catches and 900 yards so that's right, I just went Ertz yet just ahead of Andrews
1: yeah and I totally get it um my thinking and once again I can't really knock you for it Ertz is the safe pick by far I know that Mark Andrews outscored him last year but like you were talking about 10 touchdowns is a lot. And we even saw Kelsey, someone of that caliber with that caliber of a QB regress from whatever it was eight to five or 10 to five, whatever he had two years in a row. Um, you know, Mark Andrews, the, the thing that I like a lot about him. And when I say he established himself, he, he was the number one target on that Baltimore team. He had 98 targets. And that is the, the next place was 71 from Marquise Brown. And then after that it went to 39 who was hayden hurst who is no longer with them so i'm not saying that his target share is going to increase that much more i think he'll be over hundred because they're going to run the ball they're going to do all this stuff but i think that the passes he catches because of the offense they play will be for bigger gains and i do think that he will be slightly more productive in the red zone um, Than Ertz will so I'm banking on that, but he, that has to come true if uh, especially if it's like a a PPR or something of that nature, which obviously would shift you know shift it over to Ertz a little more. So that, that's kind of the thinking. He just has more of the home run threat written all over him.
0: All right, number five. We both put him at number five. It's Darren Waller from the Raiders. He had a you know great season last year. 90 catches, 1100 yards, only three touchdowns. So I guess he said there's a lot of room to jump for him. If he can pull off that same kind of 90 catches, hundred or 1100 yards. And if he's able to get a few touchdowns, he could really vault quickly to that top tier. Cause I mean, the receptions and yards are there. It's just no touchdowns. I mean, will that change? Who knows? But you know, he was pretty good. Like he started the year really good. He had a little bit of a lull there in the middle of the season for a few weeks Then he ended pretty strong again. He was, he just had a really good season and yeah, if they can get a few more, you know, this is, I mean, it's the Raiders in general weren't scoring a lot of points. That's part of it. But if they can get him the ball in the end zone a few more times, he could really be a threat. Like with Kelsey and Kittle up in those kind of numbers, I believe.
1: Yeah. he, He surprised me last year. A lot. He surprised everyone. Let's be honest. He came out on fire. He did very, very well. And on that team, which was trying to reload their weaponry. Obviously, they went out and got rugs. Uh, two years ago, they, you know, they got the new running back. So Waller was a very pleasant surprise as he really hadn't done anything the prior first three years of his uh, NFL career. And I almost wanted to put him ahead of Ertz, just because I felt he is going to get the bulk of it. There's no one else there that is even going to push him for tight end receptions. Let alone he could, you know, get receiver type numbers because there's just, you know, Tyrell Williams. You have Rugs, and then uh, I'm not really sure how everything else is gonna kind of turn out. So I really liked him, but the fact that he only did it one year makes me hesitate. Makes me hold back just a bit and saying, I'd rather take the safe Ertz, but you're right. I think he is one of these uh, guys that could be in that top, you know, two, top three discussion um, once again, and because obviously he did it last year. So really, really like Waller. The question is, was it a one-year thing, and do you trust, uh, you know, the Raiders and how they how they play ball? All
0: right, number six, we both, I think, put him at number six here, and that's going to be Hunter Henry. Still up here for us. And most of this is based on talent. Yeah, he did show some promise again last year. Played 12 games, 55 catches, 652 yards, five touchdowns. Because I know this guy can do so much more. And if he can play a full 16 games for once, I think we can see how good he can be. It's so so close to that. Now it's just what what's going to happen with this QB situation, how it's going to play out for him. We don't know. But then again, tight end... If you are talented, you jump up your, our list quite a bit because it just there's a lot of guys that are okay, but Hunter Henry could be one of the best. If health, I mean, health is really the thing here with him, and I don't know, I'm still gonna rank it like he's gonna be healthy, and I think this is where he can be. Number six,
1: yeah, once again, uh, <laughs> complete agreements with you. Obviously, I've been <laughs> a the Hunter Henry bandwagon forever, it feels like, but the last few years, he really does have the talent. And the question is, he finally, at the end of the year, looked like, okay, now I'm going to be healthy. Now I kind of have it figured out. Uh, You know, it's one of those that I feel like there are more freak accidents than anything else. So I I don't want to label him as, you know, uh, injury prone. But if it happens again, obviously that's where he's going. What I loved about it, though, is he missed four games and he's still ranked fourth in targets (laughs) on that team. Once again, we know that the, you know, Rivers moved on. And they're going with, obviously, the new quarterback. But the fact that when you miss four games and you're still fourth at 76 and the guys be ahead of you are Keenan Allen, which had 149. He always gets a ton. Mike Williams, who had 90 and 1,000 yards. And then Austin Eckler, who had 108 and almost 1,000 yards. Um, obviously, all three returning. But I really like Hunter Henry. um, especially when you're going to be the type of tight end that can go across the middle that can obviously create separation. I think that he is going to be the best friend of the, of the QB there. Um, you know, assuming that we know who it is um, obviously, but it, you know, I think Eckler and Henry will get a, a lot of targets and Keenan Allen, I think might actually, and this is why I get a little word about uh, Keenan Allen. I think he, his target share might actually go down a bit. And Mike Williams, completely dependent on the deep ball last year. So I don't know where that that fits him in all of this. I mean he had 90 targets, caught 49 of them, but he was averaging 20 yards per catch. So if uh if the deep ball isn't you know isn't clicking next year, look for Hunter Henry to really up his game. If he gets another 20 targets, this guy is in the you know the discussion for very big things because even last year he had five touchdowns. So uh, touchdowns always kind of run supreme when you're talking about tight ends.
0: All right, number seven for us. We both had the same player at number seven, and that's Rob Gronkowski. So we've been in a lot of agreement so far on this list. So Gronkowski, though, the funny thing is we're in agreement, but we are actually ahead of the consensus in the ADP. He's currently 10th in the consensus ranks, and he's 11th in ADP. But, you know, okay, this is my reasoning for having him at seven. Is like once you get down here in tight end, it's going to be hit or miss. But just what if – you get Rob Gronkowski, like the actual, or, you know, the player that was the most dominant tight end we saw. And I know the last we saw him in, in 2018, it wasn't great, but he wasn't healthy. Maybe that year off has brought him to, he's healthy again, and you can be the old player you saw. And he still has the same quarterback. So that's a big deal too. It's just what if, what if he's still Rob Gronkowski? and you can get him as the seventh tight end, and actually, really, we rank him as seven. You can get him as the 10th tight end, 11th tight end off the board. I can see a scenario where I have Gronkowski a lot because I'll take that chance, and if it doesn't work out, I'll get one of the other guys. So Gronk, number seven.
1: Okay, yeah, with, without a doubt, and that is my thinking as well. I know that they have a ton of other people they can throw the ball to in Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, you have Godwin and Evans. That's going to be amazing. But it's Brady still, and we don't know his arm strength necessarily. We're hoping that it's still there, and those guys will, you know, reap the benefits. But when Gronk is healthy, he is by far the best tight end we've ever seen. And you know, I'm not saying to draft him over Kelsey or something crazy like that. but even in 2017, when he played 14 games, he was still the number one tight end. And then any other year that he didn't rank at number one or number two, uh, I mean, he was hurt. Uh, 2018 he was really banged up it was his final year obviously kind of pushed him to retirement he missed three games he still he finished just outside the top 10 he was number 11 and we thought that he looked really washed up but and then he was number one in 2017 2016 only played half a year was number 22 and that's when the injury started worrying but the two years before that number one number one only missed a game apiece so this guy is I I think people kind of gave him the uh too quick to kind of push him to the side and say he's over when if you're worrying about injury that is definitely something to worry about right he is a big guy that takes a lot of you know battering and bruising but we also saw Le'Veon bell take a year off come back play an entire year of getting just a crap beat out of him for the jets and he looked completely fine so i think a year will do this guy a lot of good and i don't need him to be the dominant gronk of you know 2014-2015 uh, 2017 would be just fine for me, and that would put him square in the position of a top three tight end, and he could still yep. miss a few games. So that that is what I'm hoping for. That is why he's number he's here. He has huge upsides still, even at, you know from I where agree. he's at.
0: Yep. All right, number eight, we put Evan Ingram at number eight. He was eighth for me, ninth for you. Another guy with you know I don't want to put the injury prone label on him necessarily, but he's been injured a bit. He showed a lot of promise his first year. The last years, you know, with the injuries, haven't been great. I guess, you know what, I'm not really enthused by this for some reason. I think this is where he probably should be ranked, but I don't necessarily love it. And it, we're actually low on him because Ingram right now in consensus ranks is sixth, and he's seventh in ADP. But there's something about it where I'm just not in love with it right now. I know a lot of this depends on just Daniel Jones – take a big step up and Ingram then goes back to his level of a couple of years ago. And then, yeah, we get an awesome tight end and he really should be higher, but I don't know something about it where I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not there with this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I know you say don't put the injury prone thing on him, and I kind of went he, to Hunter yeah. Henry, but yeah. I, I do feel that he's a little bit different. They're not, they're not necessarily like quirky things. They, they haven't been the same, but they are kind of legitimate NFL injuries, and I do worry about that. And they take him out a lot. No, I mean, I mean, he went from playing 15 games his rookie year to 11 to eight. Um, and i would be a lot higher on him if it wasn't for that injury concern. That's the only reason i docked him and put him number 9 is because if i'm going to go out of my way to go and get this tight end, i i have to believe that he's going to play, you know, more than half the half the season, right? And on top of that, uh i don't know what his touchdown potential really looks like. If the last 2 years he got 3 and you still have a second year, you know, quarterback, um so you know, things are kind of kind of shaky with that the thing I really do love about him though is he's by far the best kind of receiving option on that team at the moment I I I like Sterling Shepard for the most part I like Golden Tate but even those guys couldn't stay healthy last year and Evan Ingram played half the year and he still got 68 targets you know turn that into 44 receptions almost 500 yards not mind-boggling numbers but for half a season that's pretty good so it does show that he does have some sort of chemistry and they are trying to get him the ball um, and once again we, we say it a lot but if if you know a young quarterback uh, inexperienced quarterback the tight end can be really helpful to you know for you so if you're not thrown to Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton down you know down the field uh, he's a great a great guy to do so you know what? I, I'm gonna let someone else take him probably. But if he fell to me like later, if I if I could get him at number nine, he's worth it because I think he has a huge upside if he can stay healthy and that uh, that offensive line is better, and I believe it will be. So we'll find out. But yeah, he worries me a, a bunch too.
0: All right, number nine for us is Tyler Higbee. Your number eight, my number ten. I'm I actually I'm very intrigued by Higbee because if what he did in those last five games of last year is really what he's going to be this year, this guy should be like number one or number two. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? Like his numbers, those last five games were just unreal where he, I mean, pretty much he put, he seemed like all his numbers, all his yardage were in those last five games. Basically he went 107, 116, 111, 104, 84. It was, it was unreal. They completely, the Rams completely changed what they were doing for those games. This is why his numbers went different. Before that, in the first, however, like basically the first part of the season, first half of the season, he was was playing 30, 40, 50, maybe 60% of the snaps at most. I think he had 64% one game. And then in this stretch of five games, he played 91% of the snaps, 97, 85, 89, 96. So they completely changed what they were doing. Higby was on the field all the time. And they were looking for him. His targets were ridiculous. Eight targets, then 11, 14, 11, 12. They just completely flipped what they were doing. And you just wonder, though, does this translate to the next year? I mean, McVay is not a guy who's just going to sit around and play the same offense anymore if it's not working. Even if it, people are going to know this was what they were doing, you don't know what he's going to come out with this year. Don't know if Haley going to be an option like this again. It's hard to say. and But that's why it's so intriguing. I think that's why we have him in a pretty decent spot where – we're not over – I mean, we're not ranking him based on what he did these last five games, really. If we did, yeah, he would be higher. It's just is – this, is this a thing? I don't know. It's so – it's five games. He, he did it for five games. That's still it. And yet he became a what? A top 10 tight, tight end? Top 10 for the season in basically five games. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting. I don't honestly know what to think or what to do with this one.
1: Yeah, once again, he worries me. It's kind of like a uh... – You know a darren waller as and he's done it one year and you're kind of you know why did he do that is and i guess these are the things I, i i really like him i would be very happy if i got him my questions are number one uh you know is is everett who is a you know athletic tight end is he going to start soaking up some of that? Because a lot of this was happening when he was banged up and a lot of injuries had occurred when he was, you know, soaking up all these targets. Right. I mean, you didn't, I don't think you had uh, cooks and uh, you know, obviously why they kind of got rid of him. Uh, you know, cup is always up and down battered and bruised. They, you know, they couldn't get their running game going. So if you watch the tape on this guy too, they were throwing him a lot of screens and getting him in space because no one was expecting it. He's a big guy. I think it was six, six. Yeah. Six six two fifty five. 255. He is a very athletic tight end and a big man that can run down the field. So they were finding very unique ways to get him the ball. Um, so will that continue, or will they find a new toy to kind of throw those little dump passes to? And on top of that, I think they were really making up for some of their offensive line play. They're trying to get it out of Goff's hand quicker. And I believe that will continue. That's why I ranked him here. I believe all of this will continue, but that is a worry because you never know, you know, like you said, McVeigh, or what they're going to see, or if an injury occurs on the line um, and or, you know, whatever it may be. So I like him. I think he's better than Everett. I think that he will continue to get a lot, especially now that they got rid of Gurley, rid of cooks. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying that they're going to the too tight end look which will only help him. Um, So yeah, I like Tyler Higby. He is very, very interesting. And if I'm waiting on a tight end, he is definitely one of the guys I'm looking for to see if he falls, because I would rather take a golden ticket with him rather than put a lot of draft capital in someone I'm not really sure about. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I'd love to get on my team because you're not, hopefully don't have to really, it's not much risk to get him. So
1: where, where does he rank currently in ADP?
0: Um, let's see your ADP, he is currently um ninth right now, tight end. Okay. So Yep, so he's right there. So pretty decent spot. All right, number ten. Number ten for us is Austin Hooper. He was my ninth, your tenth. You know, a lot of, he was good, pretty good with Atlanta, but Atlanta has, you know, a much I'd say much better passing offense than Cleveland. I think you could say that. I don't think it's a stretch. So I guess that's my worry with Hooper is he goes to a team where they struggled last year. There is other people to throw the ball to as well. I mean, there was that in Atlanta too, but they just, they still, they're going to run the ball a lot here in Cleveland. And I think that's what they want to do. I think they want to run the ball a little more. I just don't know if his numbers are going to be that great. I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm, I've am i seen some people really overrate Hooper. I've seen him in the top five in some rankings. That's not where he is going consensus-wise. We, he's right here about 10, 11. But... I think he's getting a little overhyped, and I just don't know if I see it with Cleveland. I think this is a decent level for him. I think this is where he should be. I'm not, I'm not totally bought into this. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's a special player. And I don't know, if, I don't know how this offense is going to be. I like Baker because he's ranked lower, but it's just I'm not confident in this at all. So Hooper, yeah, you know, ninth, tenth, eleven, somewhere in there. I think that's a decent spot for him.
1: All right, I'm waiting for us to disagree on one of these guys because I I have the same feeling. I I think Austin Hooper in certain circles has gotten overblown. He's ranked seventh the last two years. He is a very fine tight end. And in Atlanta, you know, he got really comfortable with Matty Ice and he did his thing. And I do believe that Cleveland went out to – first of all, they went out in order to kind of uh, take care of some glaring issues, right? Number one is their line. And they got two new tackles. You'll hear me talk about it all the time. I think Mayfield will do better this year. And they went out and they got Hooper because they know if we get it out of Mayfield's hands quicker, um, you know, he'll, he won't get hit as much. His numbers will improve. They'll be able to move, uh, move the chains a lot more. So all of that is good, and I do believe that that is the reason they got him. I don't think his numbers are really going to go down a whole lot. I mean, last year he did miss – Three games, just so you have a, an idea. But uh, you know, he had 97 targets, 75 catches, almost 800 yards with six touchdowns. Right? I think that is very doable in in Cleveland. But I don't think that he is going to turn into a thousand yard receiver all of a sudden. So I, I think that he is a safe top ten guy. Um, but he does have some some worry, and without that, you know, that extra ceiling or that extra what if kind of oomph. Um, I think there's other guys I would rather have, but I think he's completely a completely fine tight end to have. I just won't, won't ever be looking at him as a, uh, as excited to get him.
0: No, you are know, saying something about when you disagree. We're not going to have, we don't have much disagreement on this entire tight end list. I don't know what it was this year. Um, we have two players coming up, one that were five spots apart and then one we were six. But other than that, we're like one or two spots apart on each player. That's just, um, <laughs> I guess it's just tight. I don't know. We're, Right. Like, here's the next one, which I think we're both going to be in agreement on this guy where we probably don't even feel great about where we rank him. So number 11 is Jared Cook. You have him twelve, I have him 11th. So I think we both kind of feel – I know this is how we rank him here because I think maybe he should maybe be here, but I don't love it at all. And the funny thing is we don't love that. We feel like we have him ranked too high, but we have him much lower than the consensus in the ADP. He is currently number nine consensus tight end and number eight in ADP. And so my our thing my thing with Jared Cook always has been he's been so up and down in games and stuff. And you know what? I don't really think that was any different last year. For some reason, people seem to, I don't know, maybe he, his reputation is a little better than that. But he had, so here's a game where he only had two targets, two targets okay, against San Francisco, two targets. But both of them went for touchdowns, two for sixty-four. So, I mean, two touchdowns, yes, it makes it look like a good game, but he only had two targets that entire game. He had four targets the next game, four targets the next game, two targets the next game. But so in those that game that stretch right there, that four game stretch to end the season, he had a total of twelve targets, right? That's it. Twelve targets in four games. That's not very good. But he had five touchdowns. Yeah. That's two that's way too touchdown dependent for me. Five touchdowns yeah. out of twelve targets.
1: For me as well, and and people will look at his numbers, and and they're pretty good. They are good, and but he obviously does have a knack to get in the end zone. The last couple of years, at least, uh, he finished fifth and sixth, respectively. I mean, it's been great. Uh, two different teams, but uh, he only had forty three catches. Yeah, you look at the numbers, and they're definitely inflated. And he's done it two years in a row, so hats off to him. That's great. But if you're drafting him in the top ten, I think that you know that target number is way too low and also on top of that i think uh, obviously i love new orleans i think they have a great offense you know you can just put money in the bank with breeze and you have camara and obviously um mike thomas and and all that and adding and and having those guys and making sure they're healthy and adding an emmanuel sanders which i think is a an amazing uh pickup for them i think that that is a perfect spot for him um i just see that jared cook uh, unless people kind of get injured, banged up and, or, or something of that nature. Again, I think that more than likely his touchdowns go down a little bit because his targets don't go up and uh, it kind of just evens itself out percentage wise. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I, I just, I can't count on that. It's like, um, you know, it's, it's worse than what, like, an Ebron a couple of years ago was when he was just that huge red zone target um, because I, I don't really look at Jared Cook that way even though he's been able to get in the in the end zone quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I can't see a scenario where he's on any of my teams because around where he goes, I, I'm going to gladly get one of these younger guys that we're just taking a chance on, right? And I'll say you the next one. So the next guy on our list is Mike Gisecki, number 12 for us, number 14 for you, number 12 for me this is complete guessing and hoping that what he did towards the end of last season carries over, you know, coming into what his is third season. Now, this is kind of when it happens for tight ends. And it wasn't, the numbers weren't great either. They were just, they started to pick up a little bit and this is just hoping that he takes the next step, right? That's all we're hoping here that you take that, that next step, which happens in tight ends, you know, as they get a little older here, as they get into like a third year, fourth year. And that's just more, we're projecting that hoping it happens. There's no guarantee, but, I'll take a chance on it. That's where later on in this, these drafts, that's why I'll take players like this just to, if it works great. That was kind of like the Mark Andrews thing last year. People would, you know, same level. You take him hope he, he, you know, took that next step. And I think Kaseki's that guy. He's a talented player. He just hasn't quite, he didn't quite, I don't even say he didn't live up to expectations. I think expectations were a little high for a young tight end. It just doesn't happen that quickly usually. So people, you know, overhyped what he could do right away.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think he is a very talented guy. I think that he will will be a good tight end. And I think that the fact that he was on the Dolphins was also in play, right? Uh, It's hard enough for a tight end to really come out and shine immediately, let alone being on a team that, you know, know, anyone has a hard time coming out and really showing out. I mean, we talked about Devontae Parker and all these other guys that we thought, you know, Drake. A lot of guys are really talented that were on that team. But it was just a little dysfunctional for a few years. I think it's much better now. I really like the the direction they're going, and I, I really like Jaceki. But I'm wondering if uh, it's still a year away. And maybe I'm wrong. This is why I like your pick of getting him this late because, you know, if he is great, you throw him back, you get a new tight end, no big deal. But if you're right, you know, you get the guy on the cusp of being in the top 10 for nothing. And what I like is the fact that the last six games he scored five touchdowns and he – you know, his target share was, uh, you know, going in the right direction. It was seven, seven, five, eight, twelve, seven. 7, 5, 12, 7. Wonderful. Um, my worry is that was with, you know, Fitzpatrick. And I don't know with Tua what is exactly going to happen. And, you know, will he mesh as well with Tua when he eventually takes over? I feel like he will. Uh, you know, it's only a matter of time. So that is my worry. I would, I would give him one more year. But I think the talent is definitely there and he's showing the the improvement.
0: All right, next, these next guys, we're just kind of now, we're in the young guys, we're hoping we can make the jump. So next up, number 13, Noah Fant, 11 for you, 16 for me. He showed a lot of promise last year. He has what might be a good young quarterback. I guess we'll still figure that out. I think Locke is decent. And a good young offensive, which, again, could be, or it might just not all work out yet. It might be too young. It might not, you know, pan out, but Fant, Fant's a good one here. I mean just thinking again, does he take the next step up? And that's what we're just kinda of hoping here. So I, I like I we're this is we're the furthest apart on this one, but it's just honestly, there's a lot of guys in this group that we could you could kinda of interchange and you can put them anywhere.
1: Oh <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay. So I had Fant a lot higher than yeah. you, that's what you're saying. Yeah, had, but like okay. the next guy
0: yeah, yeah say so it's Fant and then it's Goddard, and then it's Hawkinson is our ranks right now, which okay. you could throw those guys anywhere.
1: Yeah, and I feel like those guys are okay, I would say this. Goddard actually has uh proven it that he can be the guy. The problem with him is he has Ursa ahead of him, right? Yes. And do you do you take a guy that is gonna have is gonna be the number two tight end, even if he is the best number two, you know, in the league, uh compared to I'll roll the dice with Hawkinson or Fant, even though I've seen, you know, Hawkinson maybe one game of just dominance, and then I've seen Fant kind of, you know, ball out in four games or so. Um, th- that's the question. And, uh, you know, I, I really like Goddard. I-, I have a hard time kind of moving away from him completely, but that, that earth thing is always going to be the hindrance. But I think that even last year, I said he was going to be worthwhile playing because I thought he was that good. And he was, and he, he was, you know, tight end one, uh, capable. And I always, you know, if earth does go down, that guy is going to be worth his weight in gold. He's going to be that good. Uh, but I don't know what there- I guess that's the question. Where would you put Goddard compared to a lot of these younger guys? I know Jaceki would be above him. What about Fant? What about Hawkinson? Some guys that have not established themselves as go-to yet.
0: So I so I put Goddard below Hawkinson, but he's actually one spot ahead of Fant, so he's right in between those guys. Um, he's it's right. It's hard to say. I mean, because the, the thing with Goddard is yeah, this is probably where he is this this level right now. But if there was an Ertz injury, Goddard can jump, and these guys, these other guys, maybe they make the jump, but it's just because of they take another step, which we don't know if it'll happen. But Goddard, I think, is there. I think he's ready to be that guy already. He is ahead of these guys, and if he was put in any one of their situations, we'd easily have him as a top tight, top ten tight end without, a, without an issue. We you know wouldn't even think twice about it.
1: Oh, I'd have him way higher. I yeah. mean, he was he was tenth last year in, as tight end, and he had or, and Earth was number. So five.
0: I guess the thing is, I don't know if I want him to be my actual tight end though. Right. And I would, I love getting him as a second tight end though. I this is something I never used to love like doing in the past is getting a second tight end or a second quarterback. But now I kind of think it's a good way to go. And you can because you can get the guy who could make the jump that you might not have put on your team before. Like you, you probably wouldn't have had Lamar Jackson on teams last year in some situations if you weren't carrying two quarterbacks or maybe I might not have Mark Andrews last year if I wasn't carrying a second tight end. So I think it's worth getting.
1: It is. And I think I like your point here because I think the distinction to be made is when you see someone that is clearly skilled, but you know, what for whatever reason, has uh, he hasn't done it yet or whatever it may be, that is when you go go out and get that number two, right? And that is yep. why I got Lamar Jackson as you know technically, I, I drafted him as number one, but I was True. like yep. it would be easy to replace him exactly. And that's why you went and got Mark Andrews because hey, this guy is incredibly talented. and if Lamar works out, then I'm gonna be in the mud yep. and and you know, you played it correctly. So I think Dallas Goddard is that guy even without the injury to Zach Ertz, he would be helpful to your team. And if that did happen, which we all don't want it to happen, uh, then that, that is amazing. And you got him really late. Um, but yeah, and, and going back to Noah Fant, just for a moment, I um, I will say that I, I really like the way that he can play. I He doesn't really look like another tight end. He kind of looks like a third wide receiver out there. And I think that will be very helpful. And he really has the after the catch ability to make something happen he's a very fast tight end so that is kind of why I, I kind of uh bumped him up because once yep. again young quarterback and a, a guy that is really coming along and everyone on that team is young so there's no one that demands that uh the ball there I mean you have Sutton that probably does but he's what this will be his third year in the league you know and then, then you'll have Jerry Judy and then you'll have Fant and then you know so everyone's young there. So I, I like the fact that I think Fant will, will do. Okay. And
0: then there's just a couple more guys here. I guess we've talked about Hawkinson was 15 again, showed some promise as a rookie. His first week, I mean, week one, he was great. Injuries kind of slowed him down. Again, if he's as good as advertised, he could really take a jump, but it might not be ready yet. It might be year three before that happens. So this is, you know, you could take a chance as put him as your second tight end and see maybe, maybe with Stafford there for the full season, he could really make that jump. Cause he, I mean, he's supposed to be this good. He better be that good being drafted in the top 10.
1: He, I, I thought I was going to have to eat my words. Cause I was so angry at lions for taking uh, a tight end with a top 10 pick. Uh, I thought it was the height of stupidity. And after that first game, I was like, okay, well maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And then the rest of the year no, came yep. and I was like, Nope. That's <laughs> so hopefully he can live up to
0: the, huh. The top ten hype, which I don't know. I don't know if he can. Let's hope. And then uh, number sixteen. This is uh, John o Smith. He's nineteenth for you. I put him all the way up at number thirteen. I really like him. I think this could be a player who could jump, and I think I'm going to have him on a lot of teams this year.
1: Oh, right, actually, sell this one too. Just, he, was, he did not really come well, on the radar that much.
0: It, there's, I guess, multiple reasons, and I mean, he's shown it. You know, an increase every year that he's been there, but that's with Delaney Walker. No more Delaney Walker. So last year, he's still, I guess, 35 catches, 439 yards, three touchdowns. So nothing, nothing that great. But I've seen enough promise in him where I think now without Walker, and the fact that I just, I like the offense now, I think it fits with, you know, Tannehill really came on, obviously, a good running game. I think they're going to look to use the tight end. And you got, you got what, A.J. Brown, but Okay, A.J. Brown I think is good, but I don't think he's just going to be this, like, target hog. I don't think he's going to get out of the targets in the world. And Corey Davis, you know, it's Corey Davis. We haven't seen anything yet from him. So I just have a – I just believe that Smith can take away a lot of these targets and take some of the Delaney Walker targets and really become a good player. I see – I've just been watching him for – it's been a few seasons that I've been hoping he would get an opportunity. I think this is where he's going to get that opportunity. And just take a jump. I I, mean, I think the offense fits him. I think everything about it is good. And you can get him. Let's see here, as the seventeenth tight end right now. I love that. I'm going to have him on so many teams. It's just pretty much all my teams are going to have Jonas Smith on them. It. I just liked, I like the way the team's going. I like the offense. I think it gonna, it's going to. It's going to suit him. So Smith is up to thirteen.
1: Uh, I mean, I. I... Tell you the truth, because his numbers were so low, I didn't really give him too much of thought. But I like your I like your point. And as I was looking up really quickly, because obviously I, I like Tannehill. I think that he is a very good fit in Tennessee. He did very, very well last year, you know, fantasy and in games. And Joe Smith and him did seem to gel. Um, his numbers did increase as Tannehill was the starting quarterback. And in week 6 through 17, where Tannehill started, uh, Joe Smith was actually 14th. So not that far off the beaten path from now becoming the starter and perhaps having a bigger role. So I I don't hate that pick at all. I think it's pretty – I think it's kind of under the radar. All right,
0: so this is at least – this might be the last one we actually talk about here because we have to because I believe this is the player that we will actually get the most black for, and it's going to be Hayden Hurst. So Hayden Hurst comes in number 17 for us, 17th for you, 18th for me. Consensus-wise, Hayden Hurst is currently 12th. And he's going off the board at 13 and ADP. People love Hayden Hurst now being, you know, with Eminem there on Atlanta. And we this is a complete, again, complete guessing game once again that he's going to take a jump because he's in an opportunity. They think he's going to take over the Austin Hooper role, which maybe, you know, he could do that. He, he you know what? He was good, but he got beat out by Andrews. Andrews was better. I think Hurst can be good. He's also, I mean, he's not young. He's going to be 27 when the season starts already. So I don't know if maybe he's already to this level where he's going to be. I think he will be obviously better than his numbers last year. He'll be good. But some, I think he's getting slightly over-hyped, and I'm honestly not sure all these extra targets are going to go to him. I think a lot of them can go to Calvin Ridley. So I'm not completely on board with, I mean, I think Hurst can be a a good pickup here in this part of the draft, but when he's going 12th, I don't know if I love that. I'm not sure if I'm there for that one. I'm not really on board yet with Hurst that high.
1: Yeah. And my, my problem is not really with Hurst. I think that he is a talented player. You know, once again, you take everything with a grain of salt in the preseason, but you know, they've already come out with talking about how, Oh, you know, he's one of the most athletic tight ends we've ever seen kind of deal. You know, it's kind of just, talk at this point my, my question is he's never been that number one tight end yet I do think he's talented I think that uh he'll be good for this team I think that that was the correct move to mm-hmm. make after you know after Hooper is gone but it took a while for even Hooper to get going in that team the last two years yeah he did get a, a lot of targets I think uh I'd have to look this up I, what do you have 88 catches last year was that targets I would have to look that up but um I mean, two years, uh, in 2016, so three years ago, um, Hooper still wasn't targeted that heavily. I mean, he was pretty much non-existent. And then you start wondering, like, I mean, I shouldn't say non-existent, but you start wondering because, okay, here we go. I'll pull it up. So you have Hooper, and this is three years ago, and he only got 27 targets, right? And he was the number one tight end there so you start questioning you you think of atlanta and they had you know uh they've always had these really good tight ends and and maddie ice always throws to them but when they didn't have someone they really trusted they went to different places they had you know they involved the running backs a lot more they involved a third wide receiver and taylor gabriel that year uh, a ton more and now you even have a better number two as you said you have kelvin ridley right you have julio and now that Kelvin Ridley can actually take a larger one, we could all seen, see him with, you know, more than a hundred targets, Julio with more than a hundred. You can throw to Gurley if he's on the comeback path. And all of a sudden, instead of the Hooper role, which everyone is kind of assuming he's going to slide into, you know, he, he, maybe he'll get 60 targets or something. Maybe, you know, that wouldn't be bad. And, but that does not relate to a, a 12th, you know, spot of, of picking him up necessarily. So I, I think he's one that could rise yep. the quickest, but I'm not going to draft him at number 12 when we have a bunch of other guys that we clearly kind of outlined why they have uh, a better ceiling, but he is definitely one of those to watch. I'm not taking him off. I just think that the hype on him is, is really high right now. Kind of the same way Hooper uh, is, is talked about because he did well in Atlanta. So he should be even better in Cleveland. If, if people think that way, um, I think that is the kind of a, uh, the thinking that I'd, we yep. just have no proof yet.
0: All right. Then I guess we'll don't really have to talk about these guys much. We'll end it off. 18, 19, 20s, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, and Irv Smith Jr., which Irv Smith Jr. is another one that could take a jump. It depends on how he gets used. And, you know, obviously Rudolph's still there. So Rudolph's really like the, going to be the red zone target yet. And I think that's going to hurt Smith, but Irv Smith could be a big, he can jump to. He's a guy who has, Some potential there
1: yeah i I like i like him to jump as well but once again yeah exactly you know i mean he's just very athletic you did i obviously i like jefferson but you did get rid of Diggs, right and if Thielen, he was hurt last year all of a sudden you might actually need the guy um so hey i I think that he is a very talented guy and i'm waiting probably one more year on him but i do think that eventually that guy's gonna all right
0: i think that is gonna do it for tight end ranks so our
1: yeah actually i, What's that I do have one more i i have to because it's yes, more of a yes. team right and i but this is a very and he they, none of them or he whoever that's going to be did not show up in our either of our top 20 but the question becomes seattle yeah. so last year between five tight ends seattle uh threw to their tight ends 106 times for seven touchdowns and whoever was in there did very well. We, we even had love for Will Disley for a little bit, you know, and uh, who uh, was who the guy after him? Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of no-name guys, and now they do have Olsen. So, I mean, it's just, it's just... is there any any thought to that? Because whoever's number one there, if he doesn't get hurt, he tends to do very well. And I think that that spot is being overlooked like crazy. Does any of these guys kind of interest you, and who do you think will be the See, number one? I mean, guy? I think it's
0: good they're going to try to have it be Olsen. But I don't know if I love that. I don't know if Olson has anything left, and because of that, it might just take away from somebody like maybe Disley could have done that. Funny thing is with Disley, his ranks right now. So he's currently ranked consensus vice thirtieth, but he's going off the board twentieth. Disley's actually going off the board twentieth in ADP, with Olson is at twenty five. So draft people are yeah, but he's trying. consensus ranks. It's Olson twenty four. Disley 30, but yeah, the ADP, actual people drafting, Disley's going ahead of Olsen, which, you know what? I think that might be the way to go because I don't know if there's much. Yeah, you know, I don't think Olsen has, has room to really have a big season. I don't know. I think he's just, I, don't, I think he's kind of done. And I think Disley could be the pick. I think I'm just going to stay away right now, and wait and see what happens, obviously. Just wait and see if one of them does emerge, if Disley does emerge because I just can't see it being Olsen really right now, honestly. I can't see it happening. Just not
1: there. No, no, it's crazy. Crazy. As I'm looking at this, I got to make sure this is for the entire year. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So 2019, uh, receiving, uh, for Seattle and obviously we're, you know, fans of Russell Wilson. He always finds a way to get it done. He had over 4,000 yards last year. Uh, number one, can you guess who the number one and number two, uh, receivers? Lockett and Metcalf. (laughs) Okay. It definitely was, but by a large margin, right? So now, can you guess who the number three was in both in both yards and targets? Number <laughs> three. Yeah, I
0: don't even know who it would be. Um, is it Bisley or is it a running back?
1: It, it is a tight end, but it is not Bisley oh, wow. because he only got to play six games, right? So he had twenty-seven catches for two hundred and sixty yards, four touchdowns. The number three on the team actually was, with playing eleven games, was oh, yeah, Jake right? Who was the other tight end? The Fifty-nine targets, three hundred fifty yards, and three touchdowns. So if, if that turns into one person, you're, you're talking about a very very good yeah. tight end, um, which is kind of crazy, right? I mean, it, especially if we we do know they use them in the in the red zone. They do catch touchdowns. We'll see if they actually. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's a very yes. interesting one to to watch. If Olsen can stay healthy and he looks somewhat decent, I think that he could be a great uh, kind of a great waiver pickup. But yeah, it's just one to look at because, surprisingly enough, their tight ends, whenever they played, whoever it was, played very well. But they just kept playing the shell game because they were always getting hurt.
0: Yeah, that that if it was one tight end, that can be a really good player. <laughs> it could be. I can't see it being Olsen, though. I don't know. I just I think he's not there. I think he's done. But all right, that's it for ranks. A couple other things here, I guess. Quick, um, if uh, if anybody wants to help us so in this on instagram there's something called the throne league where the the, the listeners and the followers of each show get to pick a, to help pick us our team so that draft is actually starting this friday the 19th so if you want to get in on that go to instagram fantasy Football profit you can kind of help us out and vote on these picks well basically what we'll do is we'll have a couple we'll have a couple players nominated every time that we're up and we'll draft them on our story polls so you guys check that out we actually got the number one pick jeff in that, so I don't think the listeners are going to screw us and make us pick somebody other than McCaffrey, right? So it has to be McCaffrey, number one. So, uh, yeah, sure I, hope so. I the poll ahead. will be, we'll put it up Thursday night. So make sure you guys go check it out. It's going to be McCaffrey versus Barkley. That's all it's going to put up there. It's going to be McCaffrey versus Barkley. So go yeah. vote. Just vote for McCaffrey. <laughs> we'll be, we'll be set. And so also another another thing here is looks like we are going to get to give away an invite to the Scott Fishbowl, which is, I think, pretty cool to one of our listeners. So I would say the way we're gonna do this is what we're gonna have to have somebody basically give us a five star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it. Send us a message on either Twitter at the FF Profit, Instagram Fancy World Profit, email us at fancyfootballprofit@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Show us that you reviewed us and we'll get you in to a drawing essentially for that spot. Let us know why you want in the Scott Fishbowl, which is always an awesome league to be in. Normally we've gotten, I think, two spots for a few seasons. This year we have just the one spot and then one giveaway spot, which is that league is crazy. So I think if, if you haven't heard about it, go check it out. And if you have heard about it and wanted to get in, make sure you give us a five-star review and send us over to us. And we'll, you know, you have a shot to get into it that way. So that'll be a fun one, Jeff, because you're actually got the official spot this year. I don't have one. So we'll, we'll draft it. We'll, we'll draft it as the, as the profit team. But,
1: but, however yeah, however it works. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it is a lot of fun. I mean, we'd, we did. We we had a, a great time last year with it and, you know, made the yeah. run to the playoffs. So, And every year they change the the rules to it, which I really, really love because it keeps you on your toes. You can't do the same thing. You have to look into it. You have to kind of, you know, create uh, a strategy, and then everything goes kaput when you draft because everyone has crazy ones. So so it's a lot of fun. You'll definitely don't want to miss out on that. And then also uh, YouTube, we are going to, after all of this, uh, craziness has gone and this year has kind of gotten back on track. We are going to start recording uh, video again and we are going to put them up on YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe there and you'll start getting notifications when we put out uh, actual videos. So please do that. But uh, this year is starting to gear up. I'm getting very excited now. I think it's going to be a really yeah, cool year. Hopefully
0: everything, it looks like everything's trending towards playing like normal. So that's, that's my only worry, but I think it's all going to be good. I think we'll have a season. So it's gonna be, you know, good times. So I want to get some mock drafts done, actually, Jeff. That's what I was talking. I was thinking about. I think it's time for some mock drafts here soon because that's uh where it really starts to feel real again. Doing uh doing some mocks, which we'll have to do these in the next couple of weeks. But next week, I think we're gonna do our question marks episode. So we'll talk about a couple of players that each of us will pick about three players that have question marks on them, and maybe one of them, which we didn't talk about, we haven't had a chance to, is Delvin Cook in his holdout situation. So it always has to be somebody.
1: Ah. Yeah. My, my guess is he gets a deal done. I don't think he's asking for the moon. So, but you never, you never know, especially with the, with the holdout in the year, maybe Vikings just say, no, uh, I hate, I hate it.
0: I hate it every year, but I never, never know what to do with those guys. But all right, that will do it for today. We'll talk to you guys next week.